0: Nice to see all of you. This evening's Dharma talk was suggested by Tunchu. Everything all at once, which is really not a smart. I everything all at once. This comes from Koban, his translation. Koban Chinaroshi's translation of the Heart Sutra's mantra Gate, Gate, Argate, Gate, Bodhi, Svaha. And his translation of that as I have heard it, I've never seen this written down anywhere, but uh, it's falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. Everything all at once. Everything all at once. It just goes totally against our experience of this happened and that happened, and later these three other things will happen, and then that's already gone, absolutely, that'll never happen again. We're constantly mixing it up uh, with that part of the consciousness that is identified with a body-mind complex that can actually go through time and space and time, that other amazing illusion we're all so enamored with. And the traditional translation is gone, gone, gone beyond, gone completely beyond, so be it. So the svaha is, or the so be it, is everything all at once. So that encourages us to look at the idea of time, look at the the idea of a past and the idea of a future and of just this or or just this this situation just once just now just what we've titled the meditation at six o'clock at night as it is as it is just as it is it's just this it's not something else it's not something that's going to happen it's not something that used to happen and no longer it's just this just this so the encouragement there with that kind of a translation, or that kind of a statement, that kind of understanding is to help you, maybe not release your grip, but see the way you are tightened down on your idea of time, on your idea of a past and a future, of something that happened or something that's going to happen. We stretch that out so much, yet our experience is what? Just this. I'm not saying you can't be thinking about the past, which is uh, made up. You can't really remember something. It's gone. And you can't really particularly plan something because it's not here. So that area, what I'm saying here may, if you're some kind of logician or something, maybe you can come and make mincemeat of me. Maybe I will let you. Uh, what, what is being pointed at and what is being emphasized, what, what, where the help comes from that, if you contemplate that, everything all at once. That there's only this, there's only this, this hand going down, this hand coming up, right now, all at once, all at once. And this is, uh, whatever you're doing tomorrow morning when your alarm goes off, if you have one, or when you, get up to go brush your teeth or look in the mirror. It's just that. It's just that. The, the, there, is, there is no actual past and future that has any substantiality to it at all. It's gone. Gone beyond. Gone beyond. The Paramita is the wisdom that has gone beyond. The, and those Buddhas, those Bodhisattvas, those uh, Mahasiddhas that have understood this and are endeavoring to point this out to you and to me, need to use a relative structure, a language. So they bring this together in a form, get it as close as they can to pointing what this is, and it is beyond. But nothing ha- actually occurs. It seems that we need to work, within that, work with it in that way, so there is some possibility, some kind of opening that some kind of a, uh, um, has been said, uh, a gap where it's, you just see what this is. And it's all at once. The whole, the whole past time, future time collapse because they were seen to be unreal. They had a rel- have a relativity to them, of course something happened, you have evidence, this actually occurred, we can take them to court, or uh, I went through four years of school, so therefore you get, you pass this, you pass that, so therefore you get a master's degree or a certificate of something some, something or an other. So the encouragement there is to help you to see the the future never gets here, as has been said before. And the past is gone. And there's justice. The the one of the teachings that, uh, uh, that I ran into many years ago was uh, uh, the <coughs> which, what was his name Albert uh, Ramdas uh, wrote a book called Be Here. I think it's a Be Here Now. Was that it? Anyone? Any? Is there any old people here? <sighs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Be Here Now. I remember reading that and. Quite quite amazed by him, and uh, one of the one of the teachers in there that he uh, I don't remember um, what the teacher's name was that uh, that Ramdas ran into was someone that would just say just be here now be here now. What I say over and over again is train your mind rather than have some kind of a construct where you're just gonna you're just gonna be here now. Everything all at once. How can, that, how can that even fit? How can everything that happened yesterday and everything that's going to happen tomorrow be just once, just this? How can that, is that possible? So my way of understanding this is that it is an encouragement to look at the way we fixate on time, something that is uh, very subjective. I'm sure you've noticed that, especially as a meditator, that Sometimes uh, an hour goes by very slowly, and other times it's like that's an hour that can't be. An hour is gone, especially doing uh, sitting meditation, chicken taza. The, the The subjectivity of time shows up there because it's so variable. You can ask any question you want, just get me out of this trap. <laughs> it's
1: my intention. Why does nothing to do come before everything all at once?
0: I thought they sounded better that way. That way I could equate Svaha with all at once. Whereas if I do it the other way around, then I have to equate Svaha with so be it. Or no. I'd have to equate... Well, you know what I'm saying. Well, if you look at it from the point of view of the I'm looking from, which I know is very easy for you to do, you're able to see how i'm seeing things yeah plug in your from a load. i don't know how does it look to you let's do it that way huh? how does it look to you
1: Shobhang, I, I don't know i guess the the confusion comes out of with everything all at once coming at the very end so wondering if everything all at once is a, an experience something that happens along the path
0: it has an experiential aspect to it, and there are there may be other words that can point more directly by someone who um, maybe has an understanding of this that that goes down deeper into the cons- concepts like everything and all at once. Take, taking those, there might be a better phrase or something that would uh, help. The one that I continue to return to over and over, because it seems to fit everything, anything I see, uh, I can ask it. I can say, is this not separate? And it comes back that it's not separate. Past and future, future not separate. Existence, non-existence. Or existence, present moment, and non-existent, not separate. If you see that, you, the war is over. You, you You see people fighting, you see people confused and torturing each other, torturing themselves and, and, and come in with all kinds of stories about why they can feel the way they do or why they're upset about something or why they're all in favor of something. And with uh, all kinds of backup, it's just everywhere. It's an incredible infection, incredible plague of of otherness and of gain and loss, past and present and future. It's It's... It's painful to watch from uh, uh, an understanding that I would call seeing this, seeing what this is. You see what this is, no matter what you say, you never can say what this is. I say it's not, what I see is not separate. What I see is myself, but there isn't one. What I see is the Buddha, but there really isn't, that isn't there either. Nothing is there. There isn't anything there. Yet there's this incredible form set of uh, group, grouping of forms that are rising that are Astonishingly varied and profuse understatement. So what we do is we buy into past and future. We use the belief in the body that seems to have a past, little children and a future, really old people. And we see, we use that kind of an accordion. We pull that apart like that and say, yep, that's something. It's a lifetime. Find out if that's true for yourself. Find out yourself. Train your mind to see clearly. Use use the Buddha's Dharma. A lot of that has been all, been all worked out centuries past by those people who have have practiced the Buddha's Dharma and studied that and trained their mind to see clearly and have said a few things about it, like Dogen Zenji or Longchampa or Sekito Kisan or Chogyam uh, Chungpa. Gobenchino Roshi.
2: Um, similar to how you say saying we're all one smushes everything together. Everything all at once. The image that comes up for me with that is smushing everything into all at once.
0: That's a misunderstanding. It's actually sees the incredible display. It's called Mahabhavana. Great. Great profound, vast panoramic awareness that doesn't see anything else. The past and the future are not separate. This is the the display, um, the space is wisdom and the display is compassion. The the space, the emptiness, is kind of stepping into that is wisdom. Not nothing in particular, and that which floods everything is Buddha nature or compassion. Just a way of talking about it, using kind of somewhat poetic kind of ideas to point to something that you need to see. If you see it, you don't need proof. You don't need a, some kind of a document saying uh, here this this validates what you're looking at, like some kind of provenance on a Picasso. Painting, or some, you, you see it like a Picasso a, would be a kind of painting that you could, if you could see what Picasso was doing, uh, you would see, you would recognize it without provenance. Although I, I once had a painting uh, in my possession but, uh, that I thought was uh, painted by Philip Guston, and I found out later that it was not. But it was one hell of a copy of him.
2: How is everything in the one singularity that I'm looking at? Say that again. How is everything in the singular thing that I'm looking at?
0: So what is stopping you is thinking it's singular. So you're you're looking at you're singularizing, is that? You no. Know, Where's it There he is. The, the English scholar. Is that a word? singularizing Singularization.
2: Okay. All words.
0: Huh? They're all words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you get smart with me. <laughs> okay.
0: You can get smart. With me. <laughs> I need help. So. So paraphrase your question. See if you can uh, answer. Or answer. See if, yeah. See if you can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that, or mm, mm, paraphrase it, or say it in a different way, so I can get closer. I already uh, know what you're asking, but if you can use your own words to get closer to what you want to know, then I might be able to respond in such a way we'll both be happy with. If going. If
2: I'm looking at the candle on the altar. Are you saying I'm looking at everything?
0: Yes. Very good. You are. There's anything you can see that is anything you can see that isn't completely everything, and not separate from anything else. It's separated. In the example I'm always using the fingers, even though that that's a weak metaphor. The hand is the hand is the hand, and the fingers are not a bundle. Uh, the hand isn't isn't a bundle of fingers it, it it is the hand you take fingers away from it and you don't have a hand simple it doesn't really work totally, but it gives you a feeling for what it could be like to just everywhere you look you see this everywhere you look you see this as it is you see and some the fancier words for that is suchness it's a it's a it's a word word that may help some people who are Extremely uh, involved in, attached to, and enveloped in uh, a, a conceptual approach to reality, and are listening to the Buddha's Dharma. And the word "suchness" works better than as it is, as it is is a little bit too pedestrian. But "suchness" is, has some kind of bite to it because it's not used anywhere else other than such and such, and that's of course duality. You know that. Too many suchnesses? No? Paushan knows. (laughs) Go ahead.
2: Ginger guy, if I'm looking at the candle, I can't see Jessica behind me or I can't see the back door of the temple, so what if it's not seeing all the things, what is the everything?
0: What you see that is the phenomena you see, you realize, is, is not separate from anything else. It can't have the status of its sing- as apparent singularity without everything else. The simple thing is you you can't have this kotsu without the tree that it was carved out of, and you can't have it unless this hand, don't know where this came from. This actually came from a couple of people that got together in, back in 1941. And I was born. Actually, it would have been 1940. And so it's a simple way of saying it, but it's that kind of a, it's that kind of an understanding that that the, the time, the past and the future situation are just part of the concoction. They aren't, the, the they are not, they don't necessarily show up in the perception of seeing suchness or seeing reality or seeing not two or seeing not separate. They don't come up as, uh, as separate as they do in the conventional idea of grasping at relative truth. Right and wrong, life and death, and um, down, success and failure. Even uh, handsome and ugly. In some kind of contrast that looks more convincing. Or let's go there. It's your talk title. It's a good it's a good talk title. It's it's challenging because it's such a simple statement. Everything, everything all at once. So you've taken everything that's here and and said this is just all at once. And if you see that, there's no question. There's no there's no dharma talk. You just see it. So what I'm doing is endeavoring to talk about something that I'm looking at, but it's like uh, what is the, the image is quite often describe uh, used the metaphor is the elephant in the room. I'm looking at the elephant all the time, and I'm describing the elephant. Does that make me a great elephant describer? Like one of the stories there is that there's 15 people and everyone's – one person say, well, an elephant is – because we're only feeling in the trunk. An elephant is uh, like – and then describes a snout. Another one has the elephant's toenail, and they're describing the toenail. They're describing everything. So they're describing the parts of the elephant. Fun, huh?
2: And you bowing. So, is it that the candle becomes a representation of dependent origination?
0: No. Yes, it is dependent origination. Everything everything you see is dependently risen. There's not a thing that you can touch, the thing you can taste or smell or hear or think or imagine. If I imagine, a, 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 right now I'm imagining blue ribbons, a bow. like a cross and ribbons hanging down in space i don't know where that came from but if i go in that area of my mind anything can show up and it usually does i can have a say-so about it or i can just let it do whatever it wants to do which i just did it changed colors as soon as i started to describe it it went from blue to red what's that about i have no idea i'm not too concerned with that. But that's, dependent origination is operating on that level all the time. Sometimes it's called imagination. Sometimes it's called uh, um, uh, potential. Potential for the, the potential that comes out. Like when you, if you, simply put, it's like you have an idea, you need a storage building. So you start to think about how big it needs to be if you make a few drawings and then you make more drawing. Then you might have a blueprint. Then you might get estimates on it. Then you might, or you might go buy lumber material and you might build it. So, but it starts out as some simple situation, like where you get candles from.
2: And you're so is it a flash that recognizes that representation then of a dependent origination where does the freedom come in
0: no walls no boundaries even the boundaries come apart and march right through anything there's no there's no structure that holds you back because there's no solid entity that's going somewhere as as it says in the coban's translation falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. What's falling apart? Your belief in yourself and an identity and some structure, who you are, where you're going, what you've been doing, what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. And all of that collection of things, including the Buddha's Dharma. It happens in the teachings also. So falling apart, falling apart. Your whole idea of who you are is falling apart. It just starts to get frightening. Uh, You may do any number of things. You may just, I'm doing this anyway. I'm going to do that. If I fall apart, I fall apart. If I die, I die. That's what's happening. But I want to see the truth myself. And this is a way to do that. Or you might get so scary that you start to look around and see, why is this scary for me? This shouldn't be this way. Maybe it's my teacher. This has happened on several occasions and probably won't stop. Must be that all the re- way reason I'm feeling so terrible, so bad, is because something my teacher did, or is doing, or saying, possible. Or maybe it's the community, the sangha, or um, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's uh, uh, your relationship dynamic, where you're blaming your relationship dynamic. Every time you have difficulty, it's the person you're in a relationship with; they're the problem. You, 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 you know, if you're if you're in this situation and you're a monk, or if you've re- just received Jukai, you need to put everyone before yourself, starting with your teacher. Or perhaps starting with your husband or your wife or your child or your Dharma brother, Dharma sister. You put them for that doesn't mean that you go without. It means that you really consider others and what's, what they're dealing with, what, what their life is about, what, what's happening with them. You don't, know, and you, you do, and once you start doing this, it's just, it's not instinctive. You just immediately help people. You don't think, how will I look? You don't you know, Chazon didn't think, uh, when he picked that 300 and some pound woman up off the elevator, off the escalator out in, was it Salt Lake City? You know, he didn't think this is going to hurt my back. Chazon doesn't have a good back. I don't think Chazon is a hero, particularly. He just helps people. Very simple, no reward helps two other people came in and saw the situation other people are mulling around the way he described it not knowing what to do you have someone who's extremely heavy with health issues or whatever falls over on an escalator to help them you don't hmm let's see what should i do here he's still having a backache from that that would that may not have happened that's just a simple example I just heard about. It doesn't surprise me with him. But the other two people that helped too, they saw the situation and and they helped. Not, that doesn't happen too often in the world. Quite often you're on your own. Put others before yourself. Return to the vow. If you've taken it formally, it's a little bit easier to remind yourself. And if you haven't taken it formally, then... Don't worry about it, just help others, help people, consider others. That's not easy to do completely on your own, just to have some kind of philosophy of helping others, because quite often what we end up doing is we, we try to look like we're helping others. As long as we have other people convinced that we're a helper, then we we may not fundamentally help others. You may not get credit. Sir. Um, when we point at how we feel with the cause, like I didn't sleep enough last night or it was what I ate, is that um, does that leave the situation just as much as an elaborate story about it? I, I don't think so. You, only you would know. Uh, three people could all have that same story, and one of them is trying to s- get slippery and slide out of something. There's some kind of uh, self-deception going on. It might not be that dangerous, particularly. But it's some kind of self-deception. and uh, Another person is saying the same thing is completely genuine about it. There's no self-deception at all. It's just the truth. They, they can't do anything because they have to sleep more. It's, not, it's choiceless. If you, if you can help it, you've heard me say 15 or 20 times, when you start going either or, don't do anything, should I, should I do this or should I do that? I run into this every day myself. I don't do anything with it. I look at it, look at it, even though it gets kind of tiring because it, you want somebody, something, some, something to change so you can say, oh, well, this is what I need to do. But instead, it just kind of hangs out there. This and that, either or, either or, either or. Difficult. If you have if been training your mind and you have uh, an understanding of what the narcissism is, what the self-centeredness is, there's a good possibility you won't have to sit there in that kind of a limbo very long before it'll start to crack and come apart and you'll see what you need to do. And if you really do that, there's a, a very good possibility that it will be put something, put someone else before yourself instead of immediately go to war with them or blame them when, when they're the one that's having the difficulty.
2: Senshu, Senshu, bowing. When you see everything all at once, do you still see the candle?
0: No, you see, you see it. You may see it even more clearly. You're no longer confused by what's showing up in front of you. you see it. It's your candle. You are the candle, not some kind of magical feeling. I, you know, like you're suddenly feeling very waxy, and the top of your head is kind of warm. Human, that is not funny. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being a little silly because I'm saying you're not going to feel like that because that's the the the, the characteristics. Uh, what is that? What is the? Tisho, what's the, what's the what's the Sanskrit word for for characteristics or qualities? Lakshana. Lakshana. So that's something about. By having a different word from another language that's been used in that particular way. Sometimes it's helpful to, to see it that way to help uh, move you away by using that concept to move you back away from the personalization of it. So you can actually see that it's just an aspect of it. It's just a uh, Lakshana. It's just the characteristic. It's not, it's not the, wa- the wax part of it, the candle, the flame part of it. It's just a differentiation that phenomena has, ha, have everywhere. If you start to shrink down and get smaller and smaller, eventually there is no differentiation. They're all molecules or they're all atoms. And if you get larger and larger and larger, then they're what? Planets, moons, galaxies. And if you get go beyond that, then it, it goes into some other transformation. It never stops because it has not started.
2: Question from Stephanie Squibb and Greg Rapids. I know her. In the example of the candle on the altar, what is seeing everything all at once?
0: Yeah. no candle, no altar. You just see. You just see this incredible display. It's called uh, the Tibetans would call it mahamudra, the great gesture. Fancy words for something that is completely ordinary if you see it. It needs to be seen. It won't look any different than it looks. <coughs> so it won't look. A candle won't look like uh, asparagus. It won't look like some other mystical formation of candelosity. It'll just still be a candle. But your understanding of it and your your understanding of it on the altar in relationship to everything else is empty of your your imputation or your imagination about it. Still a candle, still burning. If you're looking at emptiness now here, or if you look at, at uh, Shodo, or you look at look at the candle. You're looking at it all the time, just empty of your of anything that you would add on to it. Like it's my candle, or it's it needs to be replaced, or it needs to be trimmed, or Paoshan didn't do a very good job. Shining the candle. Over. I actually did. It's
1: because I didn't do it. Who did it? <laughs> Why didn't you? Um, I think because Fiosan did it. Who did it? Your
0: son. Oh, that's why it's such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> what well, made me think you did that? I do not I know I got your names mixed up <laughs> because you both have mountain names. One is running and one is drifting. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's it. See? And you should both reflect on why you were named that. It's not just because you're a nomad. There's another kind of drifting going on. You don't mind being taught just a little bit before you leave, do you? To go off on your sojourn across the galaxy. (laughs) Yes.
2: Question from Hassan. Hassan. In one of your talks, you mentioned what we call reality is nothing but an illusion, and dreams are more real than this. Can you please elaborate? Thank you.
0: I'm not too good at elaborating. I like direct questions, but I'll try. I'm going to read it one more time.
2: In one of your talks, you mentioned what we call reality is nothing but an illusion, and dreams are more real than
0: this. (laughs) So I'll give you one example. Here it comes. This is what we call reality. Did you really hear that? Speak up, did you? Say yes, Yes. did you? Say it, say it, say it. Yes. Yes. You hear that? Okay, where is it now? That's gone away. Hasn't it gone away? But your memory of it will never go away, it can't, because it's uncreated, We can't. Remember that sound? Three weeks from now, 20 years from now, if you think of this situation, you'll remember that sound, because what doesn't arise can't disappear. That's a pretty direct teaching, isn't
1: it? Go ahead. Sure, can we go in the other direction with that, and that the sound was there before it happened? Yes.
0: Everything all at once. You can't find time in the dream area. You can't find space there. There's no before and after in dreams. The story part will hold up, The, the construct of the story holds up as before and after, but the actual situation has no past and future to it. You still remember that sound? Did it diminish or did it go somewhere? Any musicians here that can tell me what note that was? Any questions out here in uh, Zoomland? I don't. I, I can't see everyone on the screen. So, if you're if you have your hands in Gacho or uh, Anjali, then I might not be able to see you. So just speak up, please. Yeah. Ondo.
2: Ondo, um, Bai, How important is imagination to be able to understand a concept as everything all at once?
0: So we all have imagination. Just uh, may the style that it operates may be different. It's like uh, you. If I were to say that whole area gets very uh, um, at the same time, it can be very precise in your imagination. It can be very foggy. So I, I can go in there and I can give you an example of it. Okay, I'm going to say I'll say it this way. Let's use this same. These clackers, let's use that same one where I clacked this together and I said, this is right here, but now it's gone. And that one in your memory is never gone because it didn't arise in in the same way that this arose. So it didn't really arise. So if we take that one now, I want you to remember that. Now imagine uh, a clacker uh, in that same area. Clacking together. Can you hear it? No. You hear another one? Okay. Okay, which one actually happened and which one did you just invent in your imagination? Well, that whole area starts to get, I mean, you know, this is why people go nuts. And this is why people uh, pretend not to be crazy. Because they don't want to be locked up. Yes, Jessica. What's going on? If you see what this is, why wouldn't you just live in the imaginary? There's no difference between the imaginary and the real. Not two. You can't find anything that doesn't say the same thing, not separate. There is not. There are not two separate things anywhere. This is what was discovered thousands of years ago by the Buddha, which he spoke about. So yeah, you, you would be, but if there, if there is a solid self that is worried. About being obstructed, or worried about anything, worried about death, worried about failure, worried about um, being disgraced, losing one's uh, something or other. Uh, then that then there's then that tightens up, and it goes to war, and it fights as as if there was some kind of war that, that meant you know some kind of emotion or feeling that was somehow more valid than everything else, and. And then we would go back to something that verified it, and this is proof that they said or did this. And we just make a terrible mess of our lives and those close to us. It's happening all over the world right now. You don't need to watch the news more than, more than a few minutes to see it. And we all, uh, people have all kinds of ideas about what needs to be done. And most of it is uh, um, 180 degrees out from the spiritual path. It's all about fixing shit. And. That whole area is so incredibly um, confused that uh, if you want to do something fundamentally helpful, helpful, train your mind. I'm not saying you shouldn't send money to Ukraine, please. If you want to do that, or, or go over there. Go over there, and if you think that's a good uh, approach, go over there and, and go to the front lines there and um, ha- have them train you how to use an AK-47. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not m- making fun of anyone doing that. Uh, not whatsoever. It's I, I want to go do that. I'm no different than you are. Or anyone else is. I know what that. You want to do that because there there is someone who's insane, more insane than the rest of us, killing people in order to be powerful, in order to is willing to sacrifice people in the name of some kind of national nationalism or something painful to watch that but it's been going on forever and there's there's no one who's willing to come in and actually slow that whole thing down through some kind of voting or politics you know democracy works for a little while and then it starts to fall apart again that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to do it of course we should do anything we can to keep the chaos to a minimum but without a spiritual path it's just going to rotate around. It might, it might, it might. This lifetime might be fine, but what you ignore now is going to show up later. It's just the very nature of relative truth and ultimate truth.
2: Wonderful. Um, what is insufficient about the um, using interdependency to describe not separate?
0: So uh, interdependency, we tend to add it up and say this caused that, caused that, which I say, but but it doesn't. If you take it apart piece by piece and try to say the way I use it, this this is because of a tree, and it's because somebody cut it out, and because hands are holding it up, that came from somewhere else, there's a table that it was picked up from, and then we have Zoom, and we have all the other complicated uh, relative uh, situations. So, we do that to some extent to encourage all of us to just look at dependent origination as it shows up in its relativity. And then uh, the idea there is that over time, you'll begin to see that, that everything is manufactured, that it's a made-up thing, that it's a story, and that it's as a relative truth, but it's ultimately untrue. That's why it's a, called a spiritual path, and that's why we have to start out with uh, footsteps. We have to go a little at a time until we eventually begin to see what this is. And it's not easy to do this. It's rare for someone. Someone can practice their whole life hard and still not see what this is. It's not a conclusion. It's not where you used to not know, but now you're really clear. It's worse than that from the point of view of ego. It's it's absolute destruction to the self. But it's not destruction because there never was a self. So it's just seeing there never was a solid being anywhere. More.
2: In the mind. similarly, how about um, consciousness? Only. Everything is consciousness. How is that insufficient to
1: describe not separate?
0: Insufficient? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's not insufficient. If you see what's being pointed out, everything is uh, mind only. This is just mind. It's just uh, happening in lots of different ways. And there's no single being behind it. Or as it.
2: Question from Jethro. When people seek out new sights and experiences, are they doing this because unconsciously they know that for a few fleeting seconds they will see something as it is?
0: No. You ask me a straight question, I give you a straight answer. No, they're looking for entertainment. They see saw something. They see something as it is. If they actually see anything as it is. That's the end of their personal life. Gone. Up until that time, they're a person on vacation. They're a person looking at something. But if you actually see what this is, it doesn't mean that you're, um, you're going to be locked up or something. It just means that you no longer see anything separate. Once once you see it you see it it won't go away because it hasn't appeared only appearance something that appears can vanish something that has not appeared can't go away so you're actually going to see what hasn't appeared the the metaphor of the dream and the uh, the, the, the the remembered sound, the actual sound, and the, and the remembered sound, that's that's an interesting area to go into and see that one of them, because it's in this realm, this physical realm, uh, is goes away. But the memory area or the area that you imagine that happening uh, doesn't have a conventional relative time and space. It has time, but it's not relative. It has space, but it's not relative. It's what? Situational. And if there's no situation, then nothing happens. You can't, can't really figure it out. Like, ah, a calculator that figures out the nature of reality. Go ahead.
1: With the example of the sound of the clackers, it seems like it's pretty easy to relate to the idea of the uncreated. Um, how can that example be used to help us understand the, the uncreated subject, and identity?
0: Just continue to contemplate that when you're, maybe when you're sitting, or maybe afterwards, or maybe when you're studying, to see that that what is fundamentally does not arise, can't disappear. It's just. We use metaphors like that because how else are you going to say it? Because it doesn't, there's no substance to it. There's no something there that we can give to someone, even though it's some of the teachings purport to, you know, do uh, Adistana or some kind of blessing on people that gives them some kind of uh, empowerment to do something. Tibetans are big on that. But other, other, uh, Religions do that also. Some would encourage you to step into that open space.
2: Ozan Bowen. Eddie has a question in the chat box. Yes. He asks, is the unarranged raw awareness itself, the wisdom that you talk about, um, is this different from true nature, Bowen?
0: Conceptually, no. Conceptually, this conceptual description of it. But it's a, a long ways away from realization. It may support you conceptually to go in that direction, but I don't care how great a scholar you are or anyone is or I am. Or You cannot figure this out. But your description of it uh, tells me that you're contemplating that and trying to understand the relative situation. So I would say it's that's workable. But, but you have to realize it. And if you realize it, the very structure that is pointing to it falls apart. Because it it cannot enter that room. It cannot enter that space. If you continue to use a metaphor. Yeah, it's like that. It's like it's awareness without uh, any structure to it. Or perhaps awareness without any object. But if there's no object, then how can there be awareness? So we could go on like that on some kind of a... um, excursion into phenomena to find out what's the fundamental nature of phenomena, just like the physicists. If they go and they look smaller and smaller and smaller, they they find it. Um, What does this uh, subatomic physics talk about? Uh, um, They can't tell whether something is a particle or a wave. I'm not saying that very clearly. I'm not a scientist, but uh, just a little bit that I've read. You can't find out the fundamental building block of anything. Take one further question if there is one. Um,
2: Encountering this, teaching everything all at once, feels immediately frustrating. It feels like I've walked into a wall.
0: Yes, it does.
2: Is that reaction stopping me from going into it?
0: No. Your awareness of the reaction. Is what's valuable. The reaction itself. Uh, if you're trying to do something with it, uh, like if you take go away from the reaction into, well, that can't be. You've had the reaction. Well, I can't understand that. That's like somebody coming to, uh, into study uh, the Dharma, and because they they don't understand immediately what's being said in a in a, a text that was written in the fourth century, an incredible text called the Lankavatara Sutra, which is an extremely difficult material. They don't understand it right away. Then They want to just give up rather than see. It's important to study this material. It's important to study it if you want to train yourself uh, in studying the Buddhist teachings, it's important to do, to look at the studying of it, study it, come to the study and study it with Sangha rather than than try to get something out of it, particularly based on your preconceptions, presumptions of what that something's going to be. That's why we don't have tests. That's why I don't, so you don't have to memorize uh, uh, this, that, or the five dharmas or the three own beings. I mean, it's, eventually you'll start to remember those because you keep studying it and studying it and studying it. It's just like uh, even the three lords of materialism in the introduction to uh, cutting through spiritual materialism. I still keep those, can't keep those straight, you them mixed up. And I studied them in 1973, the first time I've been studying them ever since. So it's not so much about getting your idea of knowledge together. This is a Western style of learning, and it's about controlling people. You've all heard me say this before. I'm not against it. Some areas you absolutely have to be have this kind of study to be a surgeon or to be uh, any number of things that take a really strong understanding and memory work around mechanics or around uh, um, uh, working with... Uh, uh, Um, software and so on like a software hardware and so on in the whole computer area takes a certain kind of process to do that but to study the dharma all it takes is you uh, meeting these teachings right where they're at study them study them much different than gathering information okay very good thank you
1: May the murder of this penetrate into all places, so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. in the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents. Please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.